Good morning. You can turn to your neighbor and say, I haven't seen you all year. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Uh, man, what an honor it is to share today. It's just a blessing to be here uh, with everyone. Pastor Owen, I hope you got great rest. Um, man, I just love Pastor Owen and just all of, honestly, our, our pastoral staff here. I believe we're really blessed as a church, uh, man, just by great men and women of God. Uh, and so today they, they said I only have an hour and a half to preach, so I'm trying to go quick. Um, I'm joking. Uh, we're, we'll get you out of here. I know you're tired. You've been up late. But it's okay. I do believe, I do believe God's given a word for today. And today we're going to look um, at a couple key components, I believe, of the gospel. When we say the gospel, that means good news. What is the gospel? I believe the gospel is doesn't start with Jesus on the cross. I believe the gospel starts with creation, that God's the creator of everything. He made the heavens and the earth. And then you have this terrible thing called sin that happens. It's the entire Old Testament, man, trying to reach to God. And then you have the center point of the gospel, the, the centrality of all of it, which is Jesus coming, living a perfect life, dying on the cross, resurrecting, and by faith we can be saved. And then he's... Good news, he's not left us alone. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us walk through life every day so we're not here to just figure things out on our own. And lastly, this is the good news of the gospel, is that this isn't the end. This life isn't the end. All the challenging and suffering we go through, it's, it's not in. There's an eternity that we are gonna get to spend forever with Jesus in a perfect place. You can work all you want this year to make your life perfect, but it, it won't touch heaven. Heaven's gonna be amazing. And so today, I, I wanna talk a little bit about sin, and then we're, we're gonna end today by taking a look at God. If you would just pray with me. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for just the opportunity, Lord, to be in your presence. Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Lord, I pray, Lord, even on January 1st, Lord, as people have been up late celebrating, Lord, a new year, new seasons, new opportunities, Lord, we, we pray that your presence, God, which has already been with us, would speak to us today. Lord, we love you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Sin's nature. We're gonna start off looking at the nature of sin. And the first thing about the nature of sin is this. Its desire is to devour you. And we're, we're in a new year. I wanna look at, at, at a new, the first time we see sin in the Bible, which is Genesis 4, 6. It's the story of Cain and Abel. And this is coming uh, when, when God is talking to Cain. And it says this, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Now, if you, if you look that up in the Hebrew, it's, it's, it's like a phrase that's a little bit all jumbled together. And the best way, one of the ways of, of interpreting that, it means this. It means it's a beast that wants to devour you. And that is the, the word picture that God gives us of sin. Sin is not trying to just take a part of your life. Sin wants to devour you. I, I have a two and a half year old named Bo Jackson. And the other day, I walked into the kitchen, and I saw Bo, and he had brown stuff on his hands. And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. And then I realized it was chocolate, and I said, well, praise God. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old. And, and I look, 
And, and he, his guy in the cabinet, and he is decided to eat all the chocolate he can find. And as I'm looking, I'm going, Bo, what is that? And there's this like shiny stuff. I'm going, and I'm like, open your mouth. And I'm, and I'm pulling out all of the wrappers and the, because Bo doesn't care. He's, I got chocolate. I'm gonna eat everything. I don't care comes, what comes with it. I'm, I'm eating the whole thing. And what's, what's, what's funny about that, that's a two-year-old. Sin is like that, but not in a good way. Sin is ruthless. Sin is after everything. Sin is after your family. Sin is after your integrity. Sin ultimately wants your soul. Sin is crouching, waiting to devour you. Another thing about sin, number two, it's desire is to deceive you. I hope you're glad you came to church on New Year's. <laughs> Hebrews 3, 7. This is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. Think about that. Every morning they woke up, manna. Every morning they wake up to a miracle. Every morning. And then they just didn't have the, the daily miracles. They then saw God literally descend upon a mountain where the whole mountain shook and they said, turn our face away. They would see Moses come and he would, he would have been in the presence of God and he would literally be glowing. This is what they, they saw this every day for 40 years in verse 10. So I was angry with them and said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Verse 12, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today. Why? So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. And what's crazy, this isn't written to unbelievers. This is written to believers. And we have this idea, God, I'm praying as we get into 2023, Lord, if you would just show up and come to my front door and I could just see you, that would fix all of my problems. No, it wouldn't. Sin is so deceptive. 40 years of seeing the miracles of God and, and sin hardened their heart towards God. And let me, let me, let's break this down a little bit. How does sin deceive us or what are its deceptions? Sin will tell you that you can create yourself. Sin wants to tell you that, that you can be who you want to be. You can create yourself. You don't like yourself, you change yourself. You can do that. Sin will tell you that it's not evil, but instead it's good. That's, that's, that's what the, the desire when Eve looked at the, at the fruit and she saw that it was pleasing to the eye. She saw that it was good. Sin wants to tell you, you know, this, this really is good. You've had a long day. You deserve to look at that. This will fulfill you in a moment. Whether, whether it's something for pornography or greed. Oh, no, this is good. This is really good. You need all that you can get. If you can get all that you can get, this will be really good. 
it will deceive you. And it'll say, ultimately, sin itself is, it's not evil, but it's good. How about this? Sin will tell you that you know best and not God. Oh, do you, do you, you know that, that, that you and I, all of us are able to be deceived by sin? Sin just wants to tell you, hey, you, you, you know best. You don't really need to be in God's house. Mm-mm. You, don't, you don't really need to, to, to walk with God. You, don't, you really know what's going on. You really can do it. You can figure it out on your own. And it wants to tell you that the decisions you make are gonna be good decisions. How about this? Sin distorts reality. And this is what's crazy. When you begin to, to slip into sin and it begins to devour you, it, it, it will change the way you see things. When, when you walk in, you see people different now. Man, when you walk, you're suspicious of people. You ever notice that, man? When you're, you're going, oh, well, I know it's in my heart, so they, they must not really love me. Sin will begin, it, it puts a, a, a pair of glasses on you. Here we go. Sin will pull you away from God by hardening your heart to his love. That's what sin wants to do. It wants to tell you, man, you've failed so much, God doesn't love you anymore. It wants to harden your heart. I want to tell you, God, God loves you this morning. He cares about you. But ultimately, sin wants to tell you that God is not who he says he is. When God says he's good, no, he's not. Yes, he is. He is good. C.S. Lewis said this, it's safe to tell the pure in heart they will see God, for only the pure in heart want to see God. Sin wants to devour you. It wants to deceive you. And lastly, its desire is to destroy you. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Ultimately, sin wants to destroy your life. It wants to take everything of who you are. It wants to destroy your soul. And ultimately, it wants you to spend eternity away from God. But I've got good news. We serve a good God. We serve a good God. We've looked at the nature of sin, and now I wanna take a few moments and look at the nature of God. 2 Peter 1 verse two says this. It says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God in Jesus our Lord. I don't know about you, but as I go into 2023, I want more grace and I want more peace in my life. I want everything God has to offer me. And this is, this is a very interesting verse. It's a good verse. You can leave that up there. It's, it's because as, as, as you begin to walk with God, the more you know God, the more you understand who he is, the more as you grow in your knowledge of God, the more you're in his word, the more you're, you're in prayer, the more you're worshiping God, as you begin to see him in a greater way, you begin to realize he's greater than you realized. And as you begin to see the greatness of God, it's not like God is like holding out on giving you things. It's just this, you don't realize how awesome he really is. But as you begin to discover and see this is who God is, God is that loving, you begin to access more and more of the grace of God more and more of the peace of God, more and more of everything he has for you. And I've got good news. God is inexhaustible. 
That doesn't matter how long you've walked with God. It doesn't matter if you're, you're, you're 12 years old in Radiate Youth. Or it doesn't matter if you're in uh, uh, our senior saints. It doesn't matter. There is so much more. God is inexhaustible. And so today, as we look at God, man, I hope your heart is ready to say, God, I, I want to see more of you today. I want to see you in a way I've never seen you. God's nature, number one, he is holy. He's holy. Oh, the, that word Kadesh, it, it just means, it means he's, he's, he is different than anything you and I are. He's different. It's the best way that, that they can, God is, is, is different. He's different than you and me. And praise God that he is. Let, let, let me just give a little contrast here. Sin, sin gives freedom at first, but then it will trap you into death. When you see God, it does the opposite. Because God's, God's holiness exposes sin and weakness. So as you begin to see God, it, it first exposes the weakness of who we are. And then he draws us in to a true freedom, an everlasting freedom. And so today I want to take a couple moments and look at someone who, who had an experience with God. We're going to be in, in Daniel chapter 10 some commentators, they're, they're not sure. Some, some say this is a pre-incarnate Jesus. Some say it isn't. I, I believe it is. This is an angel bringing a, a message uh, to Daniel. I believe even on Wednesday nights, we're going to start going through a series called Son of Man, talking about those uh, Christophanies or, or times when, when we see Jesus in the Old Testament. But in Daniel chapter 10, verse 4, here's what it says. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up. And saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning. And his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. God is, is different. He is holy. Verse 7, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. Do you see what happens when you see Jesus? You, you see what happens when you get in the presence of Almighty God? When, when we come and you're not, you're not impressed by a church, or you're not impressed by yourself or, or, or someone that you follow on social media, but when you come in contact with the living God, this is crazy. The men, they don't even see the vision, but they are terrified and they run away to hide. Because when you come into the presence of God and you are exposed to the holiness and the majesty and the wonder and the glory of who God is, flesh begins to realize how unlike God we truly are. And the only reason Daniel is not running away is in verse 8. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing, amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale and I felt very weak. In other words, I was too weak to run away. And then I heard the man speak. 
when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. See, when, when you are exposed to who God is and you see God in his glory and majesty, I, I, I love that. He sees God and he, he's so weak, he can't move. He hears God's voice and he's like, okay, this is it. I'm done. I, I got nothing. This is what the holiness of God does. Man, I hope as you go into 2023, I hope you have plans. I hope that, that you're gonna get in shape. I hope that you're not gonna eat a donut ever again. I hope, I hope you do it all, man. You, you do it. I hope the number one thing in your list is, God, I wanna see you like I've never seen you. God, I wanna look up. Jesus, would you give me a revelation of who you are? You, you, and this is what's crazy. See, this, this isn't a great message. This isn't because you saw a great sermon. This isn't what, this is because when he was in the presence of God, things in his life begin to change. Things in his life were exposed. Do you know the best thing you can do for your family? Get in the presence of God. See God like you've never seen him before. Because God is holy. Number two about God, he's powerful. Do you know that? God is not weak, he is the God of creation. Let, let me go through a couple of these things. He is infinite. That means he's, he's self-existing. He's not just, just, just everlasting. It means he has no beginning. He's infinite. Colossians 1.17, and he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. So he exists before all, he holds all things up. I heard it like this one time. When, when Jesus was on the cross, the cross wasn't holding Jesus up. Jesus was holding up the cross because Jesus upholds all things. He's the one who's causing every cell to work, gravity to work. He's the one who's causing the planets to work in perfect order because he is the creator God. God is immutable. It means this. It means he never changes. Malachi 3 verse 6, I the Lord do not change, so you the descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. God never changes. God never has a New Year's resolution. He's, not, he's nothing to resolve. He is, he is always perfect. He is always faithful. He is always good. And this is what's crazy. Look at what Malachi says. Malachi says, says, and it is because of that reason that you are not destroyed. If God changed for one moment, if he ceased to give us mercy and grace for one moment, we would all be destroyed because he's holy and he's powerful. He's God. He doesn't need you or me. He never, ever changes. He is self-sufficient. John 5, verse 26, he has no need for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. You, you know what that means? This, is, this, this, this shows the love of God. He does not need you or me. God is not, is, he wants us with everything that he has, but he does not need us, which makes the love of God that much more beautiful because he did not need us, but he wanted us so much that he was willing to come and to die for you and for me. He's self-existing. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's always everywhere. He's righteous. He's beautiful. He's wise. He's the creator of all things. He's God. 
That's who he is. He's holy. He's powerful. Number three, he's gracious. Oh, I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Without the grace of God, God is holy and just. Every one of us deserves to spend eternity away from him. But he is gracious. Daniel 10, 15. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. You know, as I was praying in in preparation for today, I, I felt in my heart that there's, I don't know, someone or more than than one person that you don't really believe that you're precious to God. You think, I just, nobody sees me, nobody notices me. I just walk in and I walk out. And I'm here to tell you that you are very precious to God. God sees you. He knows everything about you from your inmost being. And he loves you with an unfailing love. Verse 16, then the one who looked like a man touched my lips and opened my mouth and began to speak. And I said to the one standing in front of me, I'm filled with anguish because of the vision I've seen, my Lord, and I'm very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Peace. Be encouraged, be strong. And as he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, please speak to me, Lord, for you have strengthened me. I just believe in 2023, I don't know what situations you've gone through in this past year, and I don't know what things you're looking forward to in this new year, but here's what I know. If you get in the presence of God and you say, God, you speak to me, I wanna hear your voice. God, he will strengthen you. He will lift you up. Psalm 113 verse five says this, who can be compared with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? He stoops down to look on heaven and on earth and he lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. And he sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. You see, God is holy, God is powerful, and God is gracious. God sees you, and he knows you, and he is able to lift you up from wherever you are. And he takes those that are in a garbage heap and a garbage dump and you may come to God and say, God, I feel like my life is just like that, a garbage dump. It is God who is able to pick you up and to exalt you and elevate you and set you as a prince among his own people. Pastor Matt read this last week. I'm gonna read it again, Ephesians 2, 4. But God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much that even when we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. I 
I, I, this, I felt the Lord speak this to me as well in preparation for this. Some of you, you're looking in 2023. This is the way I'm gonna lift myself up. These are the five things I'm gonna do. This is how, if I do this right, if I can, if I can get these six things right, then it's gonna be good. And I'm just here to tell you, it is only God who can lift up. It is only God. And you need to do all those things. Be healthy. Do those right things. But I'm telling you, unless the, the, the God of creation touches your life and blesses it and breathes upon it, you may succeed at everything, but your soul will still be empty. It is only God that lifts up. And it's only Jesus that saves. There's no other hope for salvation. There's nothing else that can get you through this life except Jesus. Jesus is powerful. Jesus is holy. And he's gracious. And he loves you today. Would you stand to your feet? I'm going to open the altar. And here's really, here's really who this is for, what this is for. Number one, if you just want to see God, say, God, I just want to see you like I've never seen you. Jesus, I want to see you. Jesus, show me who you are. You pray that prayer. Pray that prayer in faith, and God will reveal himself to you. I don't care if you have walked into church and this is the first time you've ever heard of the name of Jesus, or if, if you were born in church, God will reveal himself to you. Number two, if you need mercy. Oh, if you need mercy, you're saying, God, I, I've, I, in my heart, I'm trying to lift myself up. God, it's only you that can do that. God, I humble myself before the mighty hand of God. Lord, I admit that I'm, that's what we are. That's what I am. Oh, without Jesus, I'm just sitting on top of a trash heap. He's the one who lifts us up. Three, maybe you need to repent of sin. Maybe there's something in your heart and you say, God, you've, you're holy. God, I just come before you and I just have good news. Jesus is gracious. You come, you repent, you ask God and here's what he said. He said, wash me white like snow. David said, give me a new heart. Oh, it's only Jesus that can do that. Jesus, today, we're thankful for who you are. Thank you, Lord. Even though the sin has... Lord, a plan for my life, you have a better plan. Lord, that you're holy and you're powerful. God, and that you're gracious and that you love us. God, the only hope we have as we step into a new year, the only hope that we have is in you, Jesus. Only you can save. Only you can redeem. So Jesus, today, we look up, we lift up our eyes to heaven where our help comes from. The Lord, the maker, of heaven and earth. In Jesus' name, amen. These altars are open.